There are major developments in the global banking system. Something is happening that's causing banks around the world to hoard liquidity. And while we see more obvious signs of this in the foreign offshore parts of the Eurodollar system, it's not just overseas institutions. In fact, we have lots of compelling data from the U.S. banking system that shows U.S. banks are a full part of this wave of liquidity hoarding. The most obvious of those where it comes to the domestic system, that's the Federal Reserve's BTFP balance. Remember the BTFP? That was the brand new tool the Fed came up with in the wake of the March and April banking crisis because as we know, their tools always work so well they have to invent a brand new one when every time some trouble pops up. You would think by now with it being eight months since Silicon Valley Bank that the BTFP would at least be on its way to zero banks repaying all of that emergency funding. But no, instead, as of just last week, the BTFP balance hit a new record high. Not only are banks not repaying it, they're adding to whatever funding they're getting from this program, which raises a whole bunch of questions about what's really happening in terms of the liquidity in the global banking system. And if it was just the BTFP, that would be enough to, to, to raise an eyebrow because, again, that should, be re, that should be repaid by now. But it's not the BTFP or not just the BTFP alone. We also have something called the Foreign Repo Pool, which is an accommodation the Federal Reserve Bank of New York does on behalf of foreign largely official institutions. That's a signal. We also have something else from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. That's the amount of U.S. treasuries they hold in custody on behalf of foreign reserve managers and central banks around the world. World. And as far as the domestic banking system is concerned, we've got the H8 figures from the Federal Reserve itself, which shows a massive, monstrous, large liquidity cushion, cash cushion being built, still being built in the U.S. part of the banking system. So we've got all of these signs that suggest banks around the world are preparing for something. Let's start with the first item on our list, which is something called the foreign repo pool. And this is actually a reverse repo or another reverse repo or a reverse repo that started long before the reverse repo that everybody knows of the Federal Reserve. This is an accommodation that the Federal Reserve Bank of New York has offered foreign clients and institutions going a long, long way back, back to the early days of the global system when banks around the world and foreign central banks and reserve managers before there were even reserve managers would hold liquid balances in New York City for foreign companies and institutions to be able to transact in U.S. dollar business. So what the Federal Reserve Bank of New York did was say, hold your liquid U.S. dollar balances with us at FRBNY, and we'll offer you a rate of return. And not only will we offer you a rate of return, we'll collateralize that those cash balances you're going to hold with us with U.S. treasuries the Federal Reserve holds in SOMA. So this is a reverse repo. From the foreign institution's perspective, it's a way to manage their liquid U.S. dollar liabilities, leaving them on account in the United States for presumably convenience purposes. So the foreign repo or the foreign repo pool goes a long way back, but it really didn't become an issue until the 2008 crisis. Before then, you had relatively stable but rising balance. And then in the 2008 crisis, suddenly September 2008, when the GSEs were taken into conservatorship, the foreign repo pool explodes higher. It seems that what happened was foreign institutions fearing lack of available U.S. dollar funding in the marketplace, boy, where would they get that idea, decided they were going to hold a larger cash cushion in this foreign repo pool in New York, which only makes sense. 
if you're afraid of the global marketplace and the conditions in it, the availability of free, flow to, free flowing funds and really collateral around the system, it makes sense to hold a higher cash cushion in New York in case one of your local institutions or companies or whoever runs into problems where you need to pay a US dollar liability at a moment's notice. So having a liquid or collateralized uh, available available balance at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York is absolutely a crucial part of reserve management and foreign payment management in the global euro dollar system. So we saw that first start start to happen in 2008, or what we call euro dollar number one. But then again, it happened again. You go you go to May 2011. We've talked about euro dollar number two quite a bit. In May 2011, we saw another spike, especially July and early August. Remember July and early August? I just talked about that in the video I, video I did on the 30-year Treasury bond auction, how that one 30-year bond auction came during the S&P downgrade of the debt. But more importantly, what drove bond yields lower, especially the 30-year bond, rather than higher, as many people had expected with the bad 30-year bond auction, what drove yields lower was the liquidity crisis taking place that was really getting bad at that part of 2011, late July and, and early August of 2011. So we also see, once again, like in September, October 2008, foreign reserve managers pile up an increasing cash cushion during this banking crisis, which again makes perfect sense. We also see it an even bigger surge in use of the foreign repo pool starting in uh, December of 2014. Remember December 2014? Again, lots of global fireworks, euro dollar number three, all kinds of sign of illiquidity around the system. What made this one unique though, was the degree to which foreign institutions were appealing to the repo pool, the degree to which they were holding cash in the repo pool, which the Federal Reserve then said, well, that's because we removed all the limitations. Before 2014 and 2015, what happened was the Fed, in order to manage the differences in potential interest rate differentials and, and repo balances, they limited the capacity of foreign institutions to use this repo accommodation. They removed those restrictions in 2014, coincident to euro dollar number three, which is a rising illiquidity event around the global system. And so what happened? Suddenly these foreign institutions went piling cash into the foreign repo pool. And in early 2016, Simon Potter, who was at the time the head of the open market desk or the head of the markets group at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, he basically admitted that was what's going on, though nobody to this day really understands what, why the foreign repo pool gets used and really when it gets used and why it corresponds to these euro dollar cycles that we see in all of these other indications. It's an illiquidity signal that goes with something like flattening in the yield curve or yield inversion as it is nowadays. It's, a, it's one of those clear and concise signs coming from the perspective of foreign institutions in the euro dollar system saying, I'm a little bit nervous about what's happening in the global system. I'm gonna pile up a bigger cash cushion in New York. Here's what Simon Parter had to say, even though really nobody ever paid attention to what it was. This was a speech from February, 2016. Use of the pool has increased because over time, the constraints imposed on customers' ability to vary the size of their investments have been removed. So again, he says, we removed the restrictions, we removed the limitation of foreign, foreigners using the repo pool. but. Here's the point that nobody ever, nobody, nobody paid attention to this part. 
the supply of balance sheet offered by the private sector to foreign central banks appears to have declined and some central banks desire to maintain robust dollar liquidity buffers. So what he's saying is exactly what I'm saying. When the private marketplace grows tight, the euro dollar system experiences the dollar squeeze or dollar shortages that we call euro dollar number three in this case. That means private balance sheets were even offering fewer dollars that central banks could easily source. So what did they do? They did exactly what I said, exactly what Potter said. They raised the liquid cash available for themselves to be able to use in the US dollar payment system by holding a larger collateralized balance at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. So long story short here, foreign repo pool balance goes up. That's a sign that central banks and institutions and reserve managers around the world are a little bit nervous about the global liquidity conditions. They're holding a higher liquid balance at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And it continued, Euro dollar number four, the foreign repo pool went up from October 18 to October 2019. What happened in October 2018? October, November, and December 2018. That was the landmine. That was the global marketplace turning from, hey, we have labor shortages, inflation in the United States to, uh-oh, we've got recessions developing around the world. We see it then there. We saw it also in from the middle part of February 2020 as the pandemic became a bigger and bigger problem. Foreign repo pool usage surged all the way till April of 2020 when finally we got the massive amounts of treasury bills. We got circulation back in the system. Suddenly foreigners didn't use the foreign repo pool as much back then. More recently, last year, from August until November of 2022, during the massive fireworks, the liquidity crisis, the collateral shortage I talked about recently, it wasn't about UK gilts, it was a global euro dollar shortage. And here we see, once again, foreign central banks and institutions piling in more and more in the repo pool. And that lasted until, it got to a record high until May of 2023. So throughout the, from the September, October, November, 2022 crisis, all the way through the banking crisis or the first part of it in 2023, right up until May. After First Republic, suddenly foreign institutions, they use less in the repo pool. At the same time, we see sort of a wave of reflation or really the disinflation rebound developing in financial markets as well as the overall economy. Again, the consistent signal from the perspective of the repo pool. But that stopped dropping around early August and September. By the time we get to September, suddenly the balance stops falling. And from October 11th until last week, you see the surge in the foreign repo pool up by $50 billion in just over a month's time. That's a really large surge in holdings of foreign liquid liabilities at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. So that's one signal that something is happening in this offshore system, something that's bothering foreigners and foreign official institutions that they feel they need to raise their cash cushion at FRBNY. Another signal that we find that also corresponds to the offshore part of the euro dollar system, that's the amount of U.S. treasuries that are held in custody at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. So these are treasuries that are owned by foreign institutions and reserve managers that, again, they hold it at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York as an accommodation. And what we find is sort of the opposite of the repo pool. Dollar conditions get tough. These treasuries tend to just disappear from FRBNY's holdings, whether they're sold or they're relented or relent or used in some other fashion, we don't know. But there's this solid repeated correlation, especially since Eurodollar number three in 2014, 
these treasuries disappear from custody whenever the going gets tough out in the euro dollar system. You get a euro dollar shortage, foreigners tend to sell their treasuries. And some of those treasury sales probably find their way, the proceeds of them, into the foreign repo pool. This may be the other side of the repo pool coin. And that's what we're seeing here too. Since early August, the amount of treasuries that have been held in the FRBNY's custody, that has fallen by around $54 billion. That's a pretty substantial drop, with about half of that since early October. That's a date that keeps coming back up. About $25 billion since early October, which again, as I pointed out with the foreign repo pool, big spike since the early part of October there, really the middle part of October there. But as I said in the introduction, it's not just foreign banks or foreign institutions who are taking these proactive steps on behalf of their banks or likely on behalf of their banks should conditions get even worse. We're also seeing the same sort of defensive mechanism in the U.S. system too. A BTFP last week had a record high of $114 billion. And again, a large, the, the biggest increase in that recently since the middle part of last month. So right when we saw... U.S. Treasury yields peak and start to go back into more inversion. Saw the increase in inversion in forward rate curves like Euriber and term SOFR. Now we see an increase in usage of the BTFP as well as the foreign repo pool and these treasuries falling out of FRBNY custody. But that's not even the big one. The big one comes to us from the Federal Reserve's H8 data on U.S. commercial banks as a whole in the aggregate. As I've been pointing out really since it started back in August, what we see is an increase in cash built up inside the U.S. banking system, in particular large banks who may have the most exposure to the global euro dollar system. Going back to the first week in September, the overall cash cushion in the U.S. banking system has increased by $203 billion. Just from the first week in October, it's $130 billion. So October really did represent a change in condition throughout the global banking system, rising worries about liquidity. Where is this cash coming from in the U.S. banking system? Well, according to the H8 figures, they've sold about $28 billion in securities, including $21 billion in U.S. treasuries. That's since the first week in October. They haven't lent anything because the, the lending, the credit crunch is, is continuing in large part because banks are not sure about this liquidity situation. So there's been basically no lending since the early part of October, just fractionally positive. And on the liability side, it's uh, they've... Deposits have shrank by an additional $23 billion, so you wonder why they're building up cash cushions. They still can't rely on deposit funding, but they've also paid down other borrowings by $90 billion. So again, it raises the question, where are they getting all of this funding? Where are they getting the cash to put into their cash hoard? And part of the answer, a big part of the answer, seems to be their own foreign offices. According to the H8 data, the amount of the, that banks in the U.S. have borrowed from foreign offices has increased by $143 billion since the early part of October. So at the same time they're building up a cash cushion, they seem to be borrowing it from their overseas offices, which raises another question. Is that the, one of the reasons, is that a primary reason why the offshore part of the global Eurodollar system appears to be struggling so much? Is it really coming back? Is it traced back to... U.S. banks who are sourcing additional funds to raise cash in the offshore markets. We don't have any answers to that question, but it is an intriguing as well as alarming possibility. 
Okay, so we have to recap here. We've got a big increase in the foreign repo pool, which is a consistent euro dollar squeeze signal or euro dollar shortage. Reserve managers, foreign institutions saying, I want to hold a larger balance in New York because I don't like what's going on out here. We got the BTFP at a record high. We've got US Treasuries disappearing from the custody in New York, which is another sign that reserve managers aren't just worried, they're actually having to do something to raise liquidity. Maybe some of that goes in the foreign repo pool, maybe not, maybe some of it's actually used. And maybe the most concerning part of it, of all of it, US banks are hoarding cash, really building up their cash cushion. And a lot of that cash seems to be sourced from the euro dollar system itself. So we have to step back and ask, what is going on in the global banking system that is causing all of these things to happen in uh, simultaneously and in consistent fashion with what we see, what we have seen in, in previous euro dollar squeezes? What is it going on in the banking system that has banks and foreign reserve managers behaving so defensively? Is it a soft landing? Is it a Jay Powell's Goldilocks scenario? Or are we seeing like China, risks in the economy, collateral shortages? Are we really, are we really moving toward the Goldilocks scenario or are banks preparing for another round in the banking crisis? But we don't have any definitive answers, but the information here is at the very least quite serious. If you're sitting there wondering what a euro dollar cycle is and how we know what they are, I did a video not too long ago about them. That's the one I've got linked below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University members and subscribers. And until next time, take care.